Hello and welcome to another edition of the ATNWB podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Taylor, and I'm joined here, as always, for the news segment with... Alex Wilson. That's right. We're here to talk, to catch you up on all of the Warner news that has happened. On this episode, I think we're going to be specifically focused on, you guessed it, the big announcement that the official title for the Warner streaming service is HBO Max. What do you think about that, Alex? We talked about it in the last episode as a rumor, and now it's confirmed that it is indeed HBO Max. I understand why they want to capitalize on their most popular brand, but I think it definitely could get confusing once you start mixing in all the different IPs they have. I mean, Looney Tunes, all these all these different franchises that are kind of uh, different from what you're used to seeing on just an HBO service. Uh, and then also you have a little of a conflict with just, I mean, people already know Cinemax so well that are they going to be confused by it? differentiating those two networks and services well that's um, definitely why yeah. they were able to use the term max so easily they are they already own the rights to it for yeah, with cinemax because hbo owns cinemax so they're able just to take the second part of that and make it hbo max but the problem is a lot of people think of skinemax or uh, softcore yeah. porn when they think of cinemax so i feel like that max title has more of an explicit mindset to certain people especially with that x in there like you're saying they're taking now the hbo banner and making it the head like the top banner while you then have warner brothers as a studio like underneath that and looney tunes as its own independent thing underneath that and um, tbs and tnt and i think true tv is that part of it too uh, i think so yeah yeah and and all of those uh, yeah, and Adult Swim and Boomerang and Cartoon Network, of course, and, and uh, obviously DC Comics. And also, for some reason, New Line is still separate. They're like, no, New Line is still its own brand. Gosh damn it. It's not part of Warner Brothers. It's its own entity, which is so silly to me. They just need to merge those. Or, I don't know, maybe they because they have different revenue streams, they're able to you know, keep them separate and keep them as strong entities if they're separate i don't know what the thought process is behind that yeah it's uh i mean especially the new line i don't know if it's it might be scarier for them as a company if they're kept separate because to me that you know it's going to be real apparent if they don't hit certain targets or if their financials aren't uh you know improving every quarter if they're not you know proving that they can keep developing great content and so as soon as you know, they start hitting roadblocks, I think it'll be easier for upper management to say, well, let's just drop that, you know, company and focus on HBO Max. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of hold on to their brand and keep it kind of a separate entity. Yeah. They showed off a trailer of all the shows and films included, and it was heavy with the DC content, including Batwoman, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman, and Shazam but also Friends and Pretty Little Liars, which, again, we're going to have a Pretty Little Liars-heavy specific episode later on in the season of this podcast, like an episode devoted to it, because it is a Warner property, but, you know, it was on Freeform, which is used to be ABC Family and is owned by Disney. So it's interesting that ABC Family, Disney, Freeform's main Entity was actually a Warner Brothers property and one of the most watched shows on Netflix. So, and of course, they're moving it to HBO Max. 
Um, and Wizard of Oz was originally an MGM film, but you know, that is now a Warner property. So they actually ended the trailer with Dorothy saying, we must be over the rainbow, <laughs> which uh. I think is... I feel like she should have said there's no place like home, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, we're over the rainbow. I guess it's like, oh, we're over the hump now. We've finally figured out the name for HBO Max. I feel like that's but, what they ended up with. Home box office, that's like a perfect opportunity to really hammer that, uh, for lack of a better word, home. God, there's no that, place like know, home. Yeah. Then it says yeah. home box office, and then yeah. the, you know, the ohm ox this goes away and then just the h and the b and the o are there and then you know they merge into the hbo symbol and then max comes out of that yeah exactly i can see that oh well (laughs) and they have a ton of shows in development uh they've also said hbo max will supply live sports and considering warner has an exclusive deal with the nba it makes sense the NBA would be exclusively on HBO Max. Now that could be a, a really, you know, big performer for them. I, I didn't know that they were exclusive with Warner Brothers, and I'd assume that maybe a, uh, you know, some games will still be broadcast on, uh, you know, the broadcast networks, especially like the playoffs and maybe the uh, NBA championship games. But I. I mean, most of the regular season games, you're right, are already on uh, TNT and TBS. So I guess it makes sense to really uh, kind of bring it under one umbrella for that. Yeah. Uh, and then property. and then how much they work with the NBA just on like Space Jam and Space Jam 2. I think since Space Jam, Warner Media and the NBA have kind of been in the same house, been hand in hand. That's true, and there's a. I, I did read on Deadline uh, that there's some producer who has uh, teamed up with um, a sports agent to kind of start this uh, branded sports marketing company that specifically reaches out to athletes and tries to help kind of develop new television and feature properties with them, uh, similar to what kind of LeBron James is already doing. That's a great uh, idea. And, and even Steph Curry, so I could see that opening up kind of a new market for NBA players and athletes looking to develop content for uh, bigger audiences and yeah. capitalize on their name. I think Steph Curry has an exclusive deal with Apple, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, no, he's got that weird uh, holy moly like uh, miniature golf reality show on ABC, uh, but I bet his scripted deal is probably exclusive with Apple. Wasn't there a basketball player who, like... This is going to get maybe into an anecdote about your life, but like tricked you on like a commercial reality show where you thought you were going for a job interview, but it was actually like a reality show. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it was like Iman Shumpert. Uh, I think he was, uh, he played for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they won a championship uh, and I forgot where he is now. Uh, but yeah, he was like basically co-hosting this reality show where they punked me into thinking that I was interviewing for a job and really instead of getting a job and achieving my hopes and dreams um, it all just came crashing down in front of my very eyes <laughs> in, this, so uh, in this abandoned like uh, waste treatment facility that they turned into an office. So, you must have uh, been like driving to this facility and being like am I going to be murdered? Like why am I going to an abandoned like treatment facility? What yeah, did it but treat? They, 
but you know that the uh, the posting was for a job that was 18 an hour, uh, which was great at the time and great in Los Angeles. And I thought, you know, Definitely. if I if I if I'm gonna die for anything, it might as well be for an 18 an hour promise. Did um, they at least pay you like for your time being there? Uh, I got a fifty dollar gift card oh to uh, Red Lobster, so uh, definitely uh, not worth my time. I, but um, I, I, it's I, a it's a great story. I feel like like you have to spend more than fifty dollars when you're at a Red Lobster, unless you just yeah. go for the Cheddar Bay biscuits, and then you're like, "F you, I'm out of here," and then you don't <laughs> pay for anything. <laughs> they did say because this is totally worth for- it. This was all for the DVD extras when they were releasing November Band on DVD, what? and they did say like, "Oh, there might." Afterwards, they're like, "There may actually be a real job, uh, you know, helping kind of promote this film." But then I never heard back from them. So uh, I hope uh, Schumpert never wins another NBA championship. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh my gosh, November Man, interesting. Yeah, he's on the Cavaliers now, or he was on the Cavaliers. He's on the Kings now. Mm. He's acquired by the Sacramento Kings. Uh, oh, good. They're good nowhere so uh he might as well be in a abandoned warehouse uh playing basketball he might still be there they might have never taken him out of there <laughs> he's like i live here now just wait for november man to december man uh and then <laughs> that gag won't work again on me that was the pierce brosnan movie right yeah exactly and that was kind of the whole idea of the prank i guess was like they made me they made me think it was a job interview and i got there and then they made me think that, or they tried to make me think like oh yeah the job is you taking this briefcase to lax and like dropping it off in a locker oh my gosh um, and i was like i'm obviously not doing that i want to leave and then they basically like stared at me for a few minutes and then somebody came out and said ah it's a joke yeah that was a uh, that was pretty great i'm sorry i had to really... make you relive that for a moment yeah no it was fun uh yeah. it, was, it was definitely an eye-opening experience to uh just how depraved some of these nba basketball players are um yeah so. they, they need like real content to be doing for yeah. sure like space jam 2 exactly so specifically for the hbo max website they specifically started off like this global powerhouse friends future hits from the cw network including batwoman original movies from greg berlanti and reese witherspoon and fan favorites the fresh prince of bel-air and pretty little liars will stream on hbo max so okay so what does that tell you that tells you obviously global powerhouse friends friends is huge it's one of the most streamed shows i'm sure in the world where i remember when dvds existed people would watch those dvds over and over again in college like that show is a is good background fodder when you're doing something else and then and then they're like i guess they're really banking on the batwoman being huge they're really like this show because that's the second show they talk about and then original movies from greg berlante who you know currently has 18 shows on the air and and reese witherspoon who i'm sure they had a hbo deal with reese and then they just extended it to an hbo max deal i'm assuming i don't actually know that for a fact but because she's on big little lies it makes sense she is acting in an apple show with uh, jennifer aniston but that may just be i don't know if she's getting a producer's cut for that but she may not have developed it with apple so that that may be kind of a separate kind of deal yeah well i I, I think you're right i think her first look deal is with hbo yeah well also jj abrams just signed an exclusive deal with warner which we'll talk about another episode but specifically he already has shows in development with apple as well but he has more stuff in development and has been at warner tv forever so Mm. 
That makes sense. Yeah. But then they also say, and fan favorites, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Pretty Little Liars. So you know those are the two of the most streamed shows currently on whatever they're on. I, I would assume Fresh Prince is on Hulu and PLL, Pretty Little Liars, is on Netflix. But yeah, they're taking it off see, at any moment. I could see PLL being, uh, I always forget that's a Warner property. I could see that being a big draw just because, I mean, Friends is so iconic and there's so many sitcoms like that that are so iconic, but Pretty Little Liars really fills a demographic that not a lot of other shows are like really servicing consistently. So I think they could really draw a lot of younger eyes to this service in the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it says HBO Max brings together HBO, a robust slate of new originals and programming from Warner. Warner Brothers, New Line, DC Entertainment, CNN, TNT, TBS, True TV, The CW, Turner Classic Movies, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, Looney Tunes, and more to offer something for everyone in the home. And they also at one point used the term Max-imized, like the new service will be Max-imized with extensive collection of exclusive original programming. And so the original shows they have, and at the end of this, I'm going to throw it over to me and Holly talking about HBO Max right when we get through this. So I'm going to go over the, the PLL stuff we just said in more detail in a moment with Holly. I'm wondering how they're going to offer all these different services, you know, for this one price and if, they're, if they'll cave and they'll say, no, our movies are separate or our HBO is going to have to cuss a little bit more or what have you. I think it's smart to offer it all at one price. It's just now that they have apps like the dc because don't you have to pay for the dc app right now yeah it's separate but again it's it's also comics too so you can read like uh, okay. every comic on it so it is a little different in a way i see like, so, well, as well, a standalone that, that, that makes more sense then because if you were trying to decide between you know the dc app at 9.99 a month and then Warner Brothers at like six or HBO Max at sixteen ninety nine, and it came with all of DC plus all this other stuff. Yeah, and then you like, have HBO yeah. now, which would be fourteen ninety nine. So yeah, DC would need to. Uh, it's like they'd need to offer their comics uh, to really sweeten the deal and continue getting people to just sign up for that on its own. Yeah, yeah, especially if they're going simultaneous. But they announced. Titan season two, and I don't think there's been a word that it's going to be on HBO Max. I guess because it's premiering in September, so it's just going to be on the DC Universe app. Mm. But we'll see season three, and or, and if if the first two seasons end up on HBO Max, which they probably will. Isn't there a Titans? Uh, it's either an animated or live action movie they're developing, or it might have been animated because aren't they trying to maybe capitalize on? The success of the other Titans movie they released in, released in theaters, and then the success of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, um, I felt like they announced something like that. They did Teen Titans go to the movies a couple of years yeah. ago. I didn't know if they're going to do a sequel to that or not. Just, but uh, but maybe they're going to focus on this Titans uh, live action show. Yeah, in June they did announce that they were going to make a live action. Teen Titans movie, but it would actually be not Teen Titans. It would be called Young Justice League. Uh, so they're made. They're, so they're developing a Young Justice League movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it, you know, it'd still be the same characters. Um, like Bat, uh, they're specifically saying, according to this rumor, Batgirl and Nightwing will be featured. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're they're just kind of focusing on maybe they're focusing more on a couple characters like that. Yeah, and then Hive would be the main threat, the villainous organization. Hive also appeared on Arrow season four 
for the DCW universe. So, but I mean, who knows? These are all still, uh, these are all still rumors. So yeah. Oh, cool. Teen Titans go has been around for a while. So people do really know that brand really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes sense to keep going. HBO max has gained the exclusive streaming rights to about 700 episodes of BBC TV. This includes the original office and top gear Luther and all 11 seasons of Doctor Who, even though there are 37 seasons and 280 episodes altogether of the show. The original show went 26 seasons from 1967 to 1989, and then they had the failed TV pilot, a.k.a. TV movie, in 96. Mm, I know Top Gear is pretty popular, so I'm sure that'll bring a lot of different kinds of viewers to the service. Um, And then getting The Office... It'll be interesting if they get people to sign up just who are curious uh, and having that if they can't get their fix uh, of the American office on Netflix anymore or if they don't want to sign up for Comcast. Yeah, it is kind of funny. The British office will be on like the Warner HBO Max while the American office will obviously be on the NBC Universal Comcast streaming service, whatever they're going to call that. Yeah. Universal Plus. I don't know. That sounds like healthcare. <laughs> Universal. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Universal Plus. Yeah, I got Universal Plus. It's a PPO. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go over the HBO Max original series that they have announced right now are Dune the Sisterhood, which they're probably filming right now or have done filming because Dennis Villeneuve, he is doing the, he's directing the Dune movie and he's directing this at the same time. So same wow. budget probably with all of that, which is interesting. And is this a limited series or a movie? What's the... yeah, I think it's a limited eight episode series. Okay. Something like that. And is he directing every episode? I think so. Or, or at least he's kind of like shepherding. He's taking a hands-on approach with it probably. Yeah. That's crazy. And then you have Ansel Elgert from Baby, you know, Baby Driver. He's going to be in Tokyo Vice, which is based on the Jake Edelstein nonfiction firsthand account of the tokyo metropolitan police which i guess is interesting it just seems it's non-fiction and it's gonna star ansel and it's, it takes place in tokyo that makes me very confused but okay and then the flight attendant a one-hour thriller based on the novel by chris bohagelin which will star kelly kuoko who is also executive producing alongside Greg Berlanti. Again, I'm reading this from the Warner Media Press Room. And Kelly Cuoco, Big Bang Theory is a Warner Brothers television TV series. So she's been with Warner Brothers television for 13 years with that show. And then she is going to be the voice of Harley Quinn in the Harley Quinn animated series for the DC Universe app. So Kelly Cuoco is very much a Warner synergistic player. Yeah, and I actually think that's a smart move just because I think her voice is, I could just see her having the range to do that part, whereas obviously, I don't know if she could form that role in a live action film, but like in terms of her voice, I think she's spot on and that could be a really cool property. Yeah, and they already had a little uh, short that they've played Uh, with her uh, kind of breaking the fourth wall as Harley about the new show coming out which was really funny like a little trailer Love Life a 10 episode half hour minute comedy anthology series starring Anna Kendrick and she'll serve as EP alongside Paul Feig you know who directed Bridesmaids of course and Ghostbusters and, and, and Ghostbusters answered the call which is the full title oh I didn't know that 
Well, on every poster it said that, and then a lot of people are like, is that the subtitle, or is that the slogan? And I think it's just yeah. both, really. <laughs> it's, inter it's interesting. Station Eleven, a post-apocalyptic limited series based on the Emily St. John Mandel's international bestseller, adapted by Patrick Somerville and directed by Hiro Murai. I like that guy's name, Patrick Somerville, just because Somerville is a town in New Jersey. So yeah. I think is it I, a good town. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, I'd say it's a good town for sure. Yeah, definitely. And the surrounding towns, I think, are really great too around Somerville for sure, like Raritan. <laughs> Mm. Are they uh, are they small towns, uh, big towns? Somerville's towns? bigger. It's like it's medium size. Uh, it's bigger than Raritan, which Raritan's very small. And then Bridgewater is huge. It's like yeah, small, medium, large would be Raritan, Somerville, Bridgewater. It's a lot of great town names all in one area: Bridgewater, Somerville. Yeah, Raritan. Made for Love, a ten episode, half hour, straight to series adaptation based on the tragicomic novel of the same name by Alyssa nutting also from somerville and directed by sj clarkson and then the gremlins oh, SJ, S, on a side note sj clarkson is brilliant she she directed i think the pilot of jessica jones and a few really great episodes oh wow and she has also she's directing something big she's directing a feature right now uh and i the name escapes me but uh she's she's just a really fantastic director who's directed a lot of tv and uh she may have even directed a game of thrones but she uh she's pretty prolific and in, in demand right now that's awesome yeah she's got some movie right now and i, I don't know if it was uh, sj clarkson um, i know she, she's directed some really good tv i'm sure those credits are more plentiful she's actually attached right now and it still says or says announced on the untitled star trek sequel yes that's it yeah and I think she might be directing the Game of Thrones prequel, which is, I think, codenamed Blood Moon right now. Yeah, that's right. And she, yeah, she, I mean, she knows her stuff. Probably one of the most competent directors I've ever seen. She, she just has a really good work ethic, and she works quickly, and she's just, I think that there are big things in store for her. That's great. Yeah, she looks extremely talented based off of her filmography, a lot of TV, just like solid television she's done for sure. So that's exciting uh, that she is directing a HBO Max project. Yeah. And of course, we have HBO Max's show Gremlin's Secret of the Mogwai, which will be animated and aimed at adults specifically with C Chun from Gotham EPing the show. That's T Z E Chun from Gotham EPing on the show. And it's about a 10-year-old Sam Wing in a 1920s Shanghai who meets Gizmo and a street thief named L. And the three go on a journey across the Chinese countryside and fight demons from Chinese folklore on their way to return Gizmo to his family. They recover legendary treasure and fight off an industrialist who has his own army of evil gremlins. Wow, that's ambitious. I, I wonder if Joe Dante is producing that too, or if he's kind of uh, I, out of that franchise. I know Amblin is involved. It's Amblin Television. So, you know, Spielberg has, like, Spielberg's company has some say in it, which I think is yeah. very interesting. And there's one more show that was just announced recently. Circe is another show for HBO Max with an eight-episode order about Greek mythology through the eyes of Circe, going from awkward nymph to formidable witch. You know, that should be awesome 
simply because her story, if I remember correctly, when you look at it through a modern lens, it's she's actually kind of a tragic character, but she's kind of built as this person who is, she's like the sea witch almost that distracts Odysseus like uh, while he is lost at sea. And she's billed as this just kind of like a siren type character who lures him into her island. And, and, and it feels like they set her up as somebody who's a corrupting force. Yeah. Uh, but really, I mean, it's just she's somebody who falls in love with a man and then he like runs out on her. Uh, so it'll it'll be interesting to see if they manage to put like an interesting twist on that storyline. Yeah, it'd be really. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating. I wonder how much money. Like, it seems like they need a lot of money for that show specifically. Oh yeah. So we'll see how it turns out. Uh, yeah, and with Gremlins, I feel like they're really trying to rejuvenate the Gremlins brand. Gremlins has always been like a Warner staple, like a franchise of theirs that I think has been very important to the top brass. And they've always been trying to get a third one going. And people love Gremlins. I think people just forget that they love Gremlins too, to a degree. Like Looney Tunes. I feel like so many people love Looney Tunes. Just right now, that's not as in the cultural zeitgeist as it will be like two years from now or it was in... 1994 you know <laughs> yeah and it's such a great balance of especially a great balance for merchandising where it, it created this character that like you have these lovable gremlin or you have these uh lovable mogwai type creatures and then their counterparts the gremlins that are this obviously the scary evolution of those creatures um, yeah and both of them really work seamlessly well together so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of bring that brand back into uh relevancy yeah they know it's a good merchandising brand for sure yeah and and a lot of the, when making Shazam, the director really liked one of the actors for Gremlins and wanted to make the movie feel a little more like Gremlins in that family-friendly, dark kind of way. So he, yeah. he added that actor in and then, boom, became like more of the movie that he was searching for and trying and trying to build yeah yes this should be exciting i'm sure and it's interesting that it's aimed at adults specifically it's not aimed at children because if you think now disney has the simpsons family guy uh archer they have all these like adult animated shows from their fox brand and then you have netflix that has i guess disney even has futurama wow and you have yeah. Netflix, which has en Enchanted or Enchantment, the not Enchanted, it's be or Disenchantment, the Disenchantment, yeah, yeah, the Matt Groening fantasy show, and, and it has Big Mouth, which is excellent. Oh, nice, and BoJack Horseman, which is really great. And so I think this is Warner trying to get into the adult. Uh, they have Adult Swim. What am I talking about? They're the leaders in adult animated shows, but I guess specifically for HBO Max, they want to curate some content that is less like irreverent and a little more relevant like not relevant but a little more like in the mainstream than yeah adults they've got, could be. they've got they've got some really excellent you know 15 minute shows uh with adult swim and they have a few half hours that are good but all those like you're saying are uh, a little bit more uh out of the box and not as accessible as some of those disney or netflix brands so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of strike a better balance and hit more eyeballs yeah Absolutely. So that, that's it for this specific segment of the HBO Max episode of the ATNWB podcast. Do you have any final words? No, uh, other than um, it'll be interesting to see if they stick to having that one price point they've been talking about and what all will be included in that if we really will get all these DC shows and Berlanti shows and HBO's library and all this stuff all at one price. 
That's um, very true. Guess, and yeah. they've already announced that new episodes of Doom Patrol will premiere simultaneously on HBO Max and DC Universe. So Doom oh, Patrol okay. has been renewed for a second season, but also more importantly, the simultaneous thing I think is very interesting. It's so they can get up to 10,000 hours of content, but it's also just like, we're making this new thing, why don't we just throw it up here? Yeah, and I think that's smart. I mean, Viacom does that all the time now with especially with live shows but you know they'll have things that appear on comedy central and mtv and e and bravo and all these brands that don't seem similar but they'll they'll find shows that kind of like cross over and hit all the brands in a in a unique way and it'll be interesting if kind of uh, warner brothers can do a similar situation with their brands yeah definitely and i remember in showtime and cbs during like the writer strike i remember cbs was showing episodes of dexter since they're both the same company they did and it you know know it was tough because they i want to say they showed a lot of either the first or second season of dexter and they did have to edit some of the more graphic scenes out and obviously that, that kind of helped anyway because they're trying to fit commercials uh into the format but that was a lot tougher of a sell just because you're taking this premium cable network show and you're trying to put it on network broadcasting yeah, it's and tougher fit, fit it under their standards um but it, i mean I, it was a great revolutionary idea yeah even though there's not a lot of like sex on dexter no it's really just you know the murders and obviously uh but you know it, once you cut down some of the more graphic scenes from dexter it really it felt more like kind of a grittier law and order episode um so i, I think it's possible i think it just it very much depends on the show and and how you do it what kind of standards and practices you have to align yourselves with absolutely boom all right and that's all folks Rawr! this has been a full dinosaur production